what I'm going to speak to you this morning, and I'm, I'm just going to try to hit the highlights um, from the Word of God. But it's good to see you all this morning. What a beautiful crowd. What a beautiful crowd. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but what we feel this morning, what we've experienced this morning, and it was a little bit out of, the, out of our norm. Of course, we have waves of, of God's presence that come at times and intervals. Uh, today was just extra special. Amen. We'd like for it to be every service. Amen. But you know, um, I want to tell you something that uh, we, we prepare and set the, uh, set the table in a sense for what we want when we come to the house of God. Amen. And uh, if you felt God's presence this morning and you felt the excitement and the joy of the Lord and just the victory, just a shout of victory, you know, uh, then that came from somebody that paid the price, somebody that prayed, somebody that fasted. Amen. We had a men's meeting on Friday and Saturday night that was, that was, that was absolutely epic. And you know, you, you, for years we just had women in here that would pray and we didn't have hardly any men, you know, just, and the ones we had just didn't seem like they were very, you know, spiritual, but God, well, I'm just being honest with you, you know, and I began to pray and I said, Lord, you didn't call women so much to lead the body of Christ. You called men. And I said, if you called men, then you got to raise up men. And he has, he's raised up some godly men in this house, men of prayer, anointed men, Men that are full of the Holy Ghost. That's what's sitting in this church. Amen. This is an awesome place, let me tell you. This is a beautiful place this morning. Every day. This is an awesome church. And I can say that because where God's presence and spirit is, there is an awesomeness. Amen. There's a power and an authority and a victory and a joy and a happiness. Amen. And a power to deliver and a power to save and a joy to rejoice in and enjoy the presence of God. This morning, I just, I just know this is what God wants me to say. But in Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to get right into this. In verse 19, let's pray over the word and then we'll get right into it. Father, we thank you for the privilege to come and break open the bread of life. Lord, we thank you for your life. We thank you for our salvation and what you did on Calvary's cross. That you rose from the grave, Lord, because the, the grave couldn't hold you. But Lord, that we have eternal life through that sacrifice and that work that you did on Calvary's cross. We thank you today, and I pray as we break open this word that you will encourage this body this morning. This is an encouraging word, God, about the church. And I pray that you will bless this, these words, and as they come out of my mouth, you'd anoint these lips of clay because, Lord, you and I both know that I'm nothing, but you are everything. And, Lord, I ask you today to bless it. Let it come forth, and, God, uh, bring a victory in our hearts and our lives, and we'll give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hebrews 10 verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What day is that? The day we're seeing approaching. The coming of the Lord and the day of the Lord. We're seeing that, and so we need to be in the house of God and be a part of the body of Christ. Not just be in the house of God and come to church, but be a part of that body. Amen? The foot is not dislocated or detached from the body. It's connected to the body. Amen? We have to be a part of that body. And that has to be an intentional thing. But this morning, I just want to preach the blessedness of the church. The blessedness of the church. You know, we had an amazing time in our men's meeting. And I I have been renewed. I have been enriched. I can't even tell you. I went home and Angela was sitting there and she was fixing her hair, fixing her makeup or whatever. And I'm just sitting there in the bathroom and I'm telling her everything. I said, man, you should have heard this one speak and this one speak and this testimony. And we prayed and the Spirit of God was there and it was just so beautiful. You know, God's a God that always brings renewal and surprises Amen. He brings blessings, and I'm so thankful. Spiritual blessings and the things that matter, the things that are eternal. Hallelujah. But I've been renewed and enriched, and I also understand the importance and the value of the body like never before. I learned something in our men's meeting that I I had forgotten that is so important, and it is that I am a part of a body, and being with the body is important. Amen. Paul tells us, in the New Testament or that the New Testament body cares for one another. Amen. We care about each other's spiritual condition. You that are spiritual, he said, He said, if you see a brother overtaken in a fault, if you see a brother that's low, he said, my Lord in heaven, you that are spiritual, restore such a one. Go over and put your hand under their hands. Be like Aaron and her and lift up the Moses. Amen. Be that brother that's sent alongside to be a friend amen and to help but he said a New Testament body amen is a body that cares for one another he said that in 1 Corinthians 12 26 he said that 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 body it suffers together that body it rejoices together that body it honors each other in fact in Ephesians 4 16 he said it is the body is fitly joined together with every part needed and supplied to work effectively Effectually to make or bring increase as it edifies itself in love. There's something to be said about a body that is functioning together in love. It will edify itself. Amen. It'll edify every part of it. I'm so grateful for the body today. And I'm so grateful for the exhort that we are to be a part of that body and not neglect it. The reason I say this is because we live in a day when people are hating on the church. They hate on the church. Just go on YouTube. No, don't go on YouTube. But everybody's always got some smack to talk about the church. Amen. Nothing there but a bunch of hypocrites. Well, you're a hypocrite too, so come and join us. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory. Every one of us. But only Jesus can bring us back up through his blood and salvation of the redeemed through the work that he did and bring that glory back to our lives and back to our churches. But they're hating on the church. 
They're hating on the church today. And they're stating how that they don't need the church. I can tell you, you do need the church. You need the body of Christ. And if you're watching this morning on Facebook, you need the church. You need the body of Christ. Some of you, and I'm going to say this, if you can't come because you are sick or because you're not able to drive or get to the house of God, I understand that. I'm showing you grace. But if you live three minutes down the street or five minutes away, you need to be in the house of God. Amen. That Facebook Live is not necessarily for you. It's for somebody that doesn't have a church that lives far out of the state. But you that live local, you need to come and be a part of the body. Amen. But the, the, the world, and you'll see it, you know, people that claim Christianity, they're hating on the church, stating how they don't need it, how that they don't see its value. And I say, really? I've come to flip the script today and say, the Bible says that they're incorrect. It says that they're incorrect. I'm going to be very gracious with my words. Amen. I'm not going to say harsh things. I'm going to say that people that say I don't need the church and they say there's no value, they're not right because the Bible says they're not right. It's incorrect. But in love, I'm going to say to you today that you do need the church. Paul said in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, 20, 21, the eye can't say to the, to the head, I don't need you. The, the, the head can't say to the feet that I don't need you. We do need each other. We need each other desperately. Amen. And, and so it's the opposite of what people are saying today. We do need each other. You know, in Acts 12, verse 5, Peter was helpless in prison. In fact, he was asleep. He was laying there in shackles and chains, and he was asleep. And the angel of the Lord came and, and, and smote him on his side and told him, get up, bind up your sandals, get ready, let's go. But all of that happened, the Bible said, because the church prayed. He was in prison about to become Herod's next martyred saint, but the church prayed without ceasing, and look what happened. God began to move mountains. He began to perform miracles. He began to break open the prison doors. The church is a group of people that pray, and some of you are here today because people prayed in their private time in the church, and you're here today with the change broken. You've come out of your prison because somebody prayed for you in this church. So you do need the church. You do need the body of Christ. You do need to belong. This is how God set it up. We bear one another's burdens. Believers were never meant to be alone or an isolated entity. John only is the only example in the Bible that was exiled Besides Elijah, because God put him there for a season to protect him. Amen. I can tell you, you need to be in the church to be protected today. Because you'll embrace every wind of doctrine. You'll open yourself up to every ugly, wicked spirit. But John, the beloved, was the only one in the book of Revelation exiled on the Isle of Patmos. Because of persecution, 
He wasn't there because he was angry at the church. He wasn't there because somebody offended him. He wasn't there because somebody didn't shake his hand or somebody didn't love him the way that he thought they should have been loved. And we do need to love in the church. I'm going to talk about that later. But what I'm saying is that he didn't leave and say, I'm not going to be a part of the church because of that reason. No, he was the exact opposite. He was the exact opposite. He would have gladly, with joy, longed to be with the body of Christ. He wrote more things about loving the body than anybody than any other apostle, any other writer. In fact, you can't write or pen 1 John 4, 7 and 8, and I don't even have to look at it. I know it by heart. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He who loveth not, loveth not God, for God is love. So we have a call to love the body. Why do we need the body of Christ? Because we need the embrace of Christ and his love. Yes, we do. This morning I got down and I'm praying. And I said, oh God, I said, I just love you so much. And you know, sometimes in my tenderest moments I grab my Bible and I'm just hugging it like a stuffed animal, like a little kid does. You know, I'm hugging on that Bible. And I said, Lord, I said, I just wish you were here in front of me that I could just embrace you and just like that the spirit of God said that's what my body's for you go over and you hug them you love them you're loving Christ you're hugging Christ you're hugging Christ oh my God you're hugging Christ you're hugging Christ when you hug the people in the church that's why you need to be in the church That's what's so blessed about the church. You want Jesus' love? You can feel it here. Don't nobody tell me you don't feel love here. You feel love here. We're not perfect, but we do love. That's why you need the church. That's what makes it so blessed. Come on now. You say nobody ever hugs me. Do you hug somebody? Ain't you a part of this church? Don't stand there wait for somebody to hug on you. You hug on them. You might, amen. Hallelujah. You hug on them. Amen. There have been times I've been low. Brother Philip will pass me by, and he don't ever pass me by without hugging me. He always kisses me on the cheek. Amen. I ain't never been too hip on men kissing me on the cheek, but I can tell you, I know that that's a brotherly kiss. Amen. Hallelujah. And I love my brother with all my heart. He's always hugging on me. He's always loving on me. The reason we need to be in God's church is because we need his love. And if you need love, give what you have need of. That's right. John said, Beloved, let us love one another. He longed not to be alone from believers, but to be with believers. He said it in 1 John 3.23. Let me just read these because I feel like I need to. And this is his commandment, John 3, 23, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. So guess what? Not only are you commanded not to lie and steal, you're commanded to love. That's not an option. That's a command. Amen. 
I love them, but I don't really like them. You can't love them without liking them. You have to like them. Uh-huh. Amen. There have been people that didn't want to love me. I hugged them anyway. Amen. Amen. Just love them anyway. Amen. I know you don't like me, but I love you. Amen. Praise God. It's a commandment. <laughs> it's a commandment that God gives us in the word of God. Then in 4, 11, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 11, he says this. He says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time, he said. Uh, if, but if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. That's why we need to be in the body, and we need to love, and we need to let ourselves be loved. Verse 19, he says, we love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Amen. You got a problem with somebody in the church this morning, you need to get it right. Don't wait for them to come to you, you go to them. That's the Bible. Leave that gift at the altar and go make amends with them and mean it. Amen. Don't call them a hypocrite when your love's hypocritical. Love them. Love them. Amen. Well, pastor, you know, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm telling you right now, I know. I've been saved 32 years, going on 33. And I know whenever you ask God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to light you up here. Amen. I know when you ask God and you say, Lord, give me faith. Give me grace. Give me help to love that person that's hard to love. He said, ask in faith, nothing wavering. Because I can tell you, the devil will bring a thought. And it will make that faith or that decision waver. But don't waver in that. Ask God to give you wisdom. Ask him to give you that faith and stand in faith and say devil I know you're trying to bring up an old offense or an old situation but I'm going to love them no matter what because we're going from here on amen we're not going back we're going forward so I'm going to love you and I'm not going to waver I'm not going to let some old rotten chatterbox come up and tell me you know what they said about you it doesn't matter amen it doesn't matter my ears are not trash cans. If you don't come edify and shut your mouth. We need the body. We need the church. We need one another. Millions of Chinese believers would crawl to the house of God to be with God's people. Amen. They would. Same with Iranian believers and Iraqi believers, and Moroccan believers, and North Korean believers. There's all kinds of places around this world where there are believers that cannot get to the house of God. They would crawl there to have what you had this morning. They would crawl to the house of God. And other believers, Brother Tony told me in Dubai when he was there going to India, he said, I just started testifying, talking to people in the mall. And somebody told me, you can't do that. He said, says who? He said, the law. So if you want to go to church, you have to go to church when they pick the time. Muslims can worship or go to their service anytime. Christians have a block. One hour on Saturday or Sunday, I forget what it is. And that's it. The government controls that. Amen. That's a fact. Tony said I went to Dubai. That's a fact. 
That's why we need to in this generation and in our time get involved in our politics and get involved in the laws that are being voted on and changed rapidly at lightning speed. We have to be involved because that'll be us if we don't get involved. Amen. They would say you shouldn't bring politics. You have to. You have to. You have to preach these things because if you don't, our whole society is changing rapidly. And if we don't stand up and we say no, I'm going to maintain and keep my freedoms because I'm going to go to church. Why are we losing those freedoms, Pastor? Because people quit going. They don't care. When they could, they wouldn't. And there will come a day if we don't stand up. When we want to, we won't be able to. That's why we need the church. The church is a blessing. The real church is a blessing. I'm telling you today. I'm telling you, this church is a blessing. The people sitting in here, you have no idea, some of you that are visiting, the caliber of people in here that pray. And I'm not here to uplift them. I'm uplifting the Christ in them. But they've submitted themselves to Christ. And it's all right to talk about the faith and to honor that commitment and faithfulness. It's all through the New Testament. Paul the Apostle, he began to talk about the different churches where he was at and for their faith and their steadfastness and their love. He quoted it. He said it. And so I'm going to tell you, you're sitting in a good place. I'm going to tell you, you're never going to hear the Chinese or these Arab countries complain about strong sermons on sin or commitment to God or long services. Why? They understand the value and the benefit, yea, the blessedness of being in a body with freedom. You're blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, the American church will rue the day they cast aside their freedoms and faith once delivered to them. We need the church. Hebrews 10, 19 tells us of a new and living way. That's what he said. A new and living way. I'm setting you up here. I'm telling you right now. I'm setting you up here. Why do we need to go to church? Because of what Christ has done in our life. That's why. We don't go to church for social things. Thank God we have fellowships and all of that. But we go to church for God. We go to worship God. Amen. He tells us that we are in a new and living way. I read it this morning. uh, As we opened up verse 20. By a new and living way. He said, having therefore, brethren, he didn't say people, he didn't say the masses, he didn't say the world, he said brethren, because you know who he's talking to? The church. He said, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and not and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together but exhorting one another it's a new and living way can you imagine the lord jesus made a new and living way and we chose not to take it through the veil which is his flesh 
That veil was torn and so was Christ torn. His side was riven. I know there was no bones broken and we preached that before. But in essence, he was, he was riven. He was ripped in two. And it was his flesh, the veil. We go through Christ now. We don't go through the priest. You don't have to come up to me and ask me to forgive you of your sins. I can't forgive you. I didn't. I mean, I can forgive you for what you did to me. But I can't forgive you and pardon you for your eternal soul. Only God can do that. It's like the old lady that was, was Catholic her whole life. and She became a born-again Christian. And, and, and on her deathbed, they said, well, she was Catholic early in her life. You know, she couldn't communicate a whole lot. And so some man came in. It was a priest. He came over, and he said, I came to forgive you of your sins. And she looked over at him, and she said, can I see your hands? She said, you can't forgive me. There ain't no nail scars in them. That's why we have to go to Jesus. He's our Savior. Are you hearing me? I can forgive you for what you've done to me, and I should, and I will. Don't do nothing to me now. But I, I, that's what we're called to do. But only God, through His Son, can pardon you in this new and living way. What an awesome thing. Through an entrance by His blood and a great high priest over the house of God. This is the house of God. It's where God dwells. It is our mandated response to worship God for giving His only Son to redeem us. Did you hear me? A mandated response. The writer says, So let us, the believers in faith, with a true heart and full assurance, wash sprinkled from an evil conscience, and hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering because He is faithful who has promised us all that God has done for us now. We have something to do. Yes, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yes, evangelize and make disciples. But he said, let us, verse 24, consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That's to the church body. Not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together as some have made it their habit. John tells us it's an antichrist spirit that departs that says, I'm, I'm not part of them. I'm not part of them. I'm going to tell you something right now. We need the body of Christ. There are people that came in here and got saved, and it was a beautiful, glorious thing. And then there are people that are sitting here. And I'm not here to put anybody on blast, but your conversion was an ugly mess. But God converted you, and he saved you, and he delivered you. And there were people full of the Holy Ghost to lay hands on you, and deal with the oppression, possession, whatever it was that you were in, or the moment of your lowest time and the trial and test you were going through. They were there in the church. That's why the church has value. It's the body of Christ. Why is the church so vital? God set it up that way to further and advance his kingdom. You know, the Bible's full of spiritual gifts, the five-fold ministry, and that's not five fingers folded together and punching somebody. I ain't never had to give anybody the five-fold like that. Don't even look at me like you haven't ever had a thought cross your mind. The Bible's full of spiritual gifts and the fivefold ministry and several gifts 
We know that the fivefold ministry is, is apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's what he said in Ephesians chapter 4. But there's also gifts he talks about in Corinthians and in Romans uh, chapter uh, 12. And several gifts, prophecy, healing, faith, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation, discernment, etc. Yesterday we were on, I was on the platform and I've been praying. I said, God, I said, if you want me to, to operate in anything prophetic and I covet earnestly the best gifts, I'm asking you have to speak to me as the pastor of this church. I have to have the gifts of discernment. I have to have the gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. I have to have that. And I feel like it's been locked up, you know, because in a sense, I've been, I've been stuck behind a piano or a guitar doing music while other people, and I, I praise God for that. God has raised up people. Maybe it's in His perfect will. That's the only way that it would have happened. And I'm okay with that right now. But I said, Lord, here I'm coming into the season. I've got to be prepared, you know. And I need that. And we had our meeting, and it was awesome. It was, it was, it was awesome. I'm telling you, it was awesome. And... Went back and prayed in the morning before we had our 8 o'clock meeting and prayer. And the Spirit of God just began to speak this to me. Do you see the value of the body, Jonathan? Do you see the necessity of the body that functions? And how when it's in unity and it's functioning and there's love flowing, the Holy Ghost is flowing, the anointing's flowing, and everybody's fulfilling their part and what they're supposed to do. Because as, 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 as awesome as it was to hear the speakers, it was as equally awesome to hear the testimonies from the younger ones. It encourages us to hear what God's doing in their life. Amen. It, it just, it's needful. We were sitting there looking at the pictures on Instagram, you know, and, and somebody said to me, who did that? I said, little Gael. I said, he's a worshiper, he's a singer, he's a prayer warrior. He's a, I said, but he also is a picture taker. Because it's a, it's a men's meeting. So we need a male photographer. No offense. We got the best right here. But at a men's meeting, we need a man. So he's over there taking them pictures and he took some good ones. Everybody, because I was sitting there thinking, Lord, man, I wish Teresa was here to take these pictures. All of this is going to be missed. And I watched Guy Ali's over there. Nobody said anything to him. Maybe, maybe he took the initiative. Maybe she said, hey. But God said, I got it. Look at him over there. He's just taking pictures. I thought, Lord, you're a step ahead of me. Amen. The body needs a picture taker. Praise God. Amen. I, amen. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. But, but you, you, let me just say this. You can't ever receive of a ministry when you're not there. And, and brothers, if there's brothers in here and you couldn't make it or you were working or you, you just weren't able to come, let me tell you something. I'm not criticizing I'm nothing, but I'm going to tell you the next one, I would do everything I could do to make sure that I'm there because it was so beneficial. It was so beneficial. I know that not everybody can come to everything, and I give you grace for that, and, 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 and I understand that. I totally understand. Even myself, I thought, you know, well, Brother Tom said we're going to spend the night. I said, at the church? 
Yeah, we're going to fast and spend the night at the church. And, 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 and then I thought, well, at least we'll eat good. No, we're fasting. I thought, whew. He's brought a new definition to roughing it. Amen. Amen. I got a funny story, but it involves somebody that some people know in this church, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. But I remember somebody, a couple of young men that were at Prado Park with somebody, they didn't have any food either. <laughs> but at first I thought, Lord, I'll just go, I'll pray, and I'm going to go home. And, you know, I'm just two minutes down the street, and I'll come back in the morning. And the Lord said, no, you're going to miss the whole thing. You're going to miss it all. you got to be there. I said, I'm going to be there, you know. So here I come with my CPAP mask, you know. I got my toiletries. I got my pillow. Amen. You know, bad neck and all that stuff. And so, and I thought, Lord, I'm going to have to sleep on the floor. Amen. I used to have a gel mattress, but I gave that away too. So here I am. I thought, Lord, I'm really going to be roughing it. But my brother Gilbert, he loves his pastor. Amen. I know y'all love me. But I walked out there and had a queen-size bed, amen, four foot off the floor. It was just wonderful. I'm like, Lord. He said, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. The church is a blessing. I said, I didn't even have to air it up. I came out, and there's that big old barge sitting there in the middle of the room. We all laughed, amen, and I thought, well, they're clowning on me until Willie got his out, and his was twice the size of mine my mattress so I thought hey the Lord said you ain't got nothing to worry about just go on we're playing but we had a time you know you can have fun as a Christian you can have fun as a Christian I think sometimes people think we're supposed to walk around like this we're supposed to have joy we serve the God that is the God of joy of happiness and peace, love, joy, righteousness, and the Holy Ghost. I belong to the body. So here I am with my queen-size mattress. I'm going to tell you something. God said you cannot receive unless you're there. You have to be there. You know, you just might miss the greatest blessing by not showing up. That's why you need to be in God's house. Praise God. You can't ever receive of a ministry when you're not there. And I realized this weekend, I needed what Tom taught me. I needed what Gilbert taught. I needed what Danny taught. I needed what Kevin taught. They taught on children, raising kids. They taught on being fathers. They taught on, you know, um, all kinds of things. It just, I was just sitting there and, and, and I'm sitting there and I said, Lord, I said, you know, you've done something in my life. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell on myself. You've done something in my life because I always wanted to do everything. But you've showed me something here. And you, you've given me such a, a release and such a, overcoming peace that I'm just like Lord I'm just so thankful I sat here 
I sat there, and I'm just listening to one after the other after the other. Next thing you know, it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, we've been here that long, and it didn't even seem like it. And no food? It was spiritual food, exactly, brother. But I'm sitting there, and these speakers are speaking under an anointing that I'm going to tell you. I told somebody, I said, I have not, I have not had speakers that have spoke to me where I felt so convicted in a good way in things that they were saying. Because, ladies, I'm going to tell you something. They were talking to us about how we're supposed to love our wives. They were talking to us about how we're supposed to give to our wives, serve, how we're supposed to love our kids, how we raise our kids, the blessing of, of I mean, it was so awesome. It's like a wave. And then come in the next day and praise and worship and, and come in the next day and pray and, and pray for one another. It was just so awesome. And God said, that's the body functioning like it's supposed to. Because one thing I've learned is this. And a lot of preachers and pastors need to learn this. You cannot bring this body to where it's supposed to be in the fullness of God and for the kingdom of God by yourself. That's why God said there needs to be a mother and a father. Amen. Not a mother and a mother, not a father and a father, but a mother and a father. Because there's a motherly part of that, a maternal and a paternal. There's, 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 God has it all put together perfectly like it's supposed to be. And it's such a blessing. And I was so blessed to hear every one of the speakers, to hear Lorenzo share his testimony, to hear Anthony share his testimony. And then to come in here, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Brother Santo, amen. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what's sitting in this building. You have no idea. Amen. The caliber of people that are full of the Holy Ghost, that are used of God, that speak words of encouragement over you. Only God by His Holy Ghost can give the tongue of the learned to speak a word in due season to the weary. Only God can do that. And so I'm blessed by Sample's word and prayer. And I was blessed to exhort and pray also and lead worship. What I was saying is I came up here after the morning prayer. And I'm walking up here. And that prophetic uh, uh, spiritual uh, fountain just kicked on. I'm looking at different ones and God's saying, go say this to him. Go pray over him. Go speak this to him. I'm like, man. He said, there's men in here, they need jobs. He said, I want you to exhort them. This is what I want you to say. And he said, this thing's going to break. They're going to get jobs. They're going to get jobs. They're going to get jobs. And let me tell you something. When God tells me something like that, you can put it in the bank. <laughs> one time he told me, he said, you tell that church I'm getting ready to prosper. Every one of them. 
I don't normally say that. I know people want me to say that every week, but I don't. But I said, everybody in here, we're going to pray. This, this, this financial thing is going to break. And I said, God's going to prosper every one of you in this house. I said, and when he does, I said, you grab that tithing envelope and you be faithful because he blesses you. And I said, some of you, you've been in disobedience, but God's getting ready to show you his love and mercy and grace in the midst of your disobedience he's going to bless you anyway and you're, he's going to try you to see what you're going to do I had parade of people first weeks I said my, my, my a grandmother that had passed away gave me an inheritance I didn't even know I had it I said Lord that was God another one come up and said EDD overpaid me of like $1,500 and I even tried to tell them, and they told me, do you want it or not? It's yours. A stake or not, it's yours. It's on your account. God blessed them. I said, well, you did the right thing by trying to correct it if it's wrong. But I said, when they tell you to keep it, keep it. Had another person come up and say, I got a $2 raise on my job. It was like one right after the other. Pastor, I got, an, I got a tax return that I wasn't even expecting. The Lord said... Those men are going to get jobs, and they will get jobs. But when you get a job, I have a word from God for you. Keep it. Do everything in your power to keep it. What does that mean? Show up on time? Be the best worker you can be? Give them a good eight, ten hours a day, whatever it is. And when God blesses you, you be a blessing. Amen. That's why we need the church. So we need somebody to give a word of knowledge and a word of, 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 of truth or discernment. I'm sorry. A word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and a prophetic word. So I was blessed. I was blessed to do what we must. To do that, we must submit unto God. And let me tell you something. I'm getting ready to say something. And if you are, are, are your heart's pure and you love God, this is not going to offend you at all. Okay? Oh, you set me up, Pastor. I'm blessed. I was blessed to exhort. I was blessed to pray. I was blessed by all of the things that were done there through all of the men that are part of the body. And to do that, we must submit to God and we must submit to who God has put over us. And in the men's meeting, let me tell you who he put over me. I know I'm the pastor, but I sat there. And I said, Lord, right now I'm sitting here and I'm receiving. He said, that's right. He said, everybody, even the highest, needs to learn submission and humility. When I put somebody up there to speak, I have said they're the ones that are to speak. And, and we need to sit there and humble ourselves and we need to listen to it. Amen. Sometimes we sit in church and say, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to tell you right now, if they got the microphone, God gave it to them. And he may, they may not say anything that changes your life. Just the simple fact that they're up there, God's putting the sandpaper on you and saying you need to humble yourself. And in the humility and the operation of doing that or the action and faithfulness and obedience to humble yourself and sit and say, Lord, I can be taught and I want to be taught, God poured his spirit out upon me and blessed me. We have to submit to the 
the, the men that God uses. It says it in Hebrews 13, 17, just two pages over. Let me just highlight on that. I'm not going to, you know, belabor the point, but I'm going to say this to you. In Hebrews 13, 7, he said, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Amen. The end of their conversation is a blessing, what they've spoken to me in faith from the word of God. And so... We must submit to the man that God has put over us. Or if there's a, a, a women, if there's a lady that God has put over you to teach you and pour into you, listen. Listen to them. To refuse or to reject is rebellion to God's word. It is. I'm humbled by the men in this church. The revelation, the insight, the anointing. And we need each other's spiritual life and contribution. And if you're right with God, your heart's pure, you're rejoicing in this message because we need the church we need the body people that say oh, I'm not going to submit to a man I'm going to tell you something right now they need to find an altar when my pastor preached I said you know what he's been praying he's seeking God I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in that altar amen praise God amen you know if you can't submit to leaders over you then you're saying I'm not going to submit to God that's what you're saying that's what you're doing and it's rebellion. It's flat out rebellion. There's no, no other way around it. But we need to be people that rejoice and thank God for the leaders he's put over us and, and the anointing. Oh, my gosh. Amen. It's so powerful. I'm, gonna, I'm closing here in just a second. Hey, stay here with me. But Psalms 84. Praise God. I know you'll stay here with me. Praise God. Amen. Psalms 84, David said, How amiable are the tabernacles of the Lord of hosts. My soul, Psalms 84, verse 2, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That is the cry we should have to be in his house. Amen. Amen. And he says in verse 10, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the, the tents of the wickedness. Uh, the tents of wickedness. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Why? Because that's where the living God dwells. That's what's so awesome about your church. This church. We're not the only one. We're not the only one going to heaven. We're not the only one that's serving God. We're not the only one where the presence of God is. But I'm going to tell you, he is here. How we need to hear this when the devil is advancing and never resting. We cannot rest either. You say, I don't need to go or stay in church really. Uh, okay, ask the prodigal son if that's, if that's true. Because he found himself saying, you know what, I left and... I left my father's house and with all the blessings. But as I began to be out from underneath the anointing, the grace, the blessing, the word, the, the, the oversight and the covering, those things just began to diminish and diminish and diminish. And then you wake up one day and you say, you know what? I'm out here in a wilderness in a hog pen. And I need to go back to church. I need to go back to my father's house. And when we come back, when they come back to the Father's house, we need to love them in. 
Instead of saying, oh, look, here they come. Uh-huh, look at them. Tore up from the floor. No. Look at them through Jesus. Come on now. Look at them through Jesus' eyes and say, thank God they're coming. Thank God they're coming. Amen. Wrap your arms around them and love them. Thank God they're coming. Here they come. Praise God. The prodigal realized it's not very nice out here. It ain't nothing nice out here in this hog pen. And, and, and he, he joined himself to a citizen. Amen. That's more spiritual than you realize. People, they leave, uh, they, leave, they leave from cleaving with God, being one with the Lord. And they leave and they go and they cleave with an ugly, demonic, worldly spirit. But thank God he comes back. Thank God that prodigal comes back. And he says, it's better in my father's house. Church, that is a challenge and a command and a mandate to us. Let's make sure it's always better. Let's make sure it's always better. And welcome them. Don't push them away. Welcome them. Don't talk about where they've been. Don't even ask them. Just say, come on. Come on. Amen. Just ask him. Come on. Praise God. But people say, I don't need the church. I don't need. Yeah, ask the prodigal. He'll tell you otherwise. He'll tell you a different, a different story. He'll tell you something else. Ask Lot if staying close to the old man called Abraham of God is important. Ask him. We need the landmark voice in our life. That's in the church. We hear what we, 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 you know, Moses heard what Joshua didn't hear. That's why you need a landmark in your life. Amen. That's why you need a landmark in your life. Amen. You hear me? We need that landmark voice. They see what we don't see. The old man, the preacher, the, the, the elder in the church, the elder ladies in the church, they see, when I say elder, I mean seasoned in the things of God, spiritually mature. They see and hear what you don't hear. Moses heard what Joshua didn't hear. Joshua said, they're down there and it's war. And Moses said, no, sir, they're partying. And he come down there dancing around the golden calf. The God that brought them out, they completely forgot about. Elisha, his servant, came to him and he said, I don't see nothing. He said, Lord, open his eyes. He can't see the, the host of heaven and, and the chariots of God that are around and the armies around about that hillside. So we need to, to hear the landmark voice. That's in the church. That's why we're here. They hear what we don't hear. They see what we don't see. We need the Elishas to show us how to shoot and aim the arrows. Are you hearing me? It's like whenever Joash came, he said, come. He said, let me put my arms around you. And he grabbed him. And he grabbed that, 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 that uh, arrow or that um, uh, um, bow. I'm sorry, bow. Amen. I got it. Thank you. That bow, he grabbed it and he put his arms around him. Thank you, Brother Gilbert. I appreciate it because my mind wasn't thinking. But he grabbed it. He said, oh, let me grab your hands. He got around him and he pulled that back. And he's, he's aiming that arrow, amen, to shoot that thing. It says in the word of God, because we need that prophetic voice. We need that elder voice. We need that landmark voice. We need that experience 
and somebody that's been there and done that and has all of the testimonial marks to share with you what God can do and will do and where he's taken you and to try to shield you from making the same mistakes or not making the same mistakes. But he put that, that, that arm around his bow and pulled that arrow back. Let me tell you something, fathers. Listen today. We read and we heard how in Psalms 127, 3 through 5, he talked about children. And, and Brother Kevin brought it out. And he said, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. You may have a quiver of arrows, but if you don't have somebody that's leading you and teaching you and showing you how to raise your kids, how to treat and love your kids, how to raise your kids, then they'll be going in every direction on their own. You won't know where to point that arrow. But if you got somebody behind you that's saying, let me come in behind you. Let me show you, brother. Let me teach you. Let me show you. One time, Kyle, he was acting up at Living Waters in the parking lot. And, and, and I just, oh, I just got after service, I was so mad. And I just, hey, you're, stop that. And I'm just yelling at him. Pastor, he said, hey, 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 hey. You know, I'm going to talk back to Pastor Duke. He said, hey. He said, take it easy on him. He's just five. I said, you're right, Pastor. I'm sorry. I just snap. I just get upset with him. And he, 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 he rebuked me, but he rebuked me with grace. Hey, you don't want to provoke your children under wrath. You've got to have somebody behind you that's saying, this is where you point that arrow. Don't point it to the ground. You want him to soar. You don't want him to be beat down. Don't beat him down, Jonathan. Thank God. I never forgot that. To this day. Amen. You know, when I, my kids were little, I was hard on them. Now that I'm a grandpa, I think sometimes they're too hard on them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, Charlotte, when she sees me, she knows. There is my rescue. There's my protection. Amen. There he is. Even when her dad's got her, she raises her hands for me. I said, come on, honey, you know. I got you. I protect you. Amen. No, I know they need discipline. I know that they got to get spanked and disciplined sometimes and talk to. But if we don't have that direction behind us, in the house of God. It's very important that we are in the church for that reason. The, I'm teaching you about the blessedness of being in the house of God. That's all in the church. Even Eli and all of his error led Samuel how to hear the voice of God. There is a corporate anointing here because of the men of this house and the women of this house. But people who are full of the Holy Ghost it's clear that it's done in the prayer closet and, and God rewards it openly. You can't worship up here in the front except you've been alone with him. Amen. It's an anointed body because Christ is in control. So I close with this. Let's be thankful. Let's honor our leaders. Let's enjoy the presence of God and appreciate and value 
our body. And fight to protect it and defend it. Somebody comes to say something, no, no. You ain't going to talk about the body. I'm not going to sit here and let you talk about pastor. I'm not going to let you talk about my leader. We're not going to talk about Kevin. We're not going to talk about Gilbert and, and Becky or Patty and Angela. We're not going to talk about, you know, uh, Brother Will. We're not going to, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Every idle word we're going to have to give an account for. Just let that sink in. Every idle word we got to give an account for. So just, just zip it. Keep it quiet. Be thankful. Honor your leaders. Enjoy the presence of God and appreciate and value your body. Fight and protect it and defend it. Because if we're the bride of Christ and the Bible says that Jesus gave his life for the body, for the bride, I'm sorry. He gave himself for it. And he cherishes it. He nourishes it. We in response need to do the same thing. Amen. I got your back, brother. I got your back, sister. Amen. That's the body of Christ. Love your body. Give yourself for your body. Edify your body. I prayed this morning, Lord, as I said earlier, I love you, and I wish I could just hug you and embrace you. And that quick, God said, you can, as you hug members of my body. Church, we must reflect Jesus' love in our body language. Because it's noticed and it's effective. They knew them for their love for one another.